Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. One of the dangers when we read the story is, Go, God, go, God, go, Jesus. If you and I were in the crowd, would we be in the crowd long? No, we'd have dropped a stone and left as well, wouldn't we? Why would the stones have dropped? Because the light of the world exposes sin. You say, well, that isn't right, is it? Well, sure it is. He who says he has no sin makes God a, a liar. One of the things that seems to be universal to people is their ability to be judgmental. Pretty much all people hate it when they think that they're being judged by others. People will become judgy when they're trying to justify why they should get into heaven. Well, I'm not as bad as that person. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about one of the roles of Jesus, being the light of the world. As the light of the world, Jesus exposes the darkness of people's hearts. You'll see in the story today that Jesus saw through all of the smoke screens and deflections that people tried to throw up to trick him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in John chapter 8 as he continues his message, I am the light of the world. We're on a journey. Do you know we're headed to the promised land? And we need guidance. And who is the guidance? The light of the world is Jesus. And the light of the world is not just Jesus, but John 1 1 says that Jesus is the Word. This is our light. This is how we do life. The world doesn't understand this. It's very interesting. Lynn and I watched a little bit of this. I didn't finish it. I'm a little discouraged probably even to finish it. I like some stuff from Dr. Oz because the hell stuff, I think he's a really neat thing. I don't know what will happen, but he had two people on trying to say, can a person who has a homosexual lifestyle, can they ever really change? And so there's this big debate. Well, do you and I need a debate to see whether people can change a sinful lifestyle or not? Do we need a debate? No, we don't even need science to tell us, do we? See, and that's all this program is going to look at. But if you go to Corinthians, the scripture simply says this. All the, it lists all these sins. These people, were not just the sin of homosexuality, lots of sins. List all these sins. And then the next verse says this. And such were some of you in the past, but you're not that anymore. You see, God's word trumps science. It trumps experience. Anyone can change any lifestyle by the power of God. So here you are, and if you're going to get from here to the promised land, 
You need somebody to guide you. So do I. Who guides us? Jesus. Through his word. By day and by night. You know when quite often we need guidance? More night and day, don't we? Always think, if you ever had children, they always got sick when? In the night. I mean, they get in your knees. It's always scary at night. Ever been in a car accident at night? Oh, much, and we, we need God. And so here the children of Israel are. And notice what it says in the last part. I think it's important because this is you and me. It never left its place in front of the people. So here's what Jesus said. Let's go back to John 8. You don't have to go there. Just listen. I'm the light of the world. If you'll follow me, if you'll follow me. What does follow mean? The pillar of cloud and the fire was what? In front. So here's a question. I won't do much more than I'm going to ask you a question. Are you following? Or are you ahead? See, if you're ahead, you're not following. And if you're ahead, you're going to be in trouble. Are you following? See, the only way we're going to get where we need to go is to follow. And I'm not qualified to lead. Only God's qualified to lead. That's why Jesus said, if you'll follow me, that's the same thing I had the children of Israel. They had to follow by day and by night. Now, scoot on down to the next chapter, chapter 14, and look at verse 19. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. And throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side, isn't this supernatural, and light to the other side, so that neither went near the other all night long. Here's what I want you to write. What's that a picture of? When we're walking with God, when we're following God, sometimes I need direction, sometimes I need protection, sometimes I need guidance. I always want to know that God's presence is there. Because when his presence is there, I'm not fearful. I don't have to say, God, where are you? He's always there. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So the pillar of flyer is the light of God, and which brought God's presence, his protection, and his wonderful guidance. Now, let's look at Psalm 119, 105, if you will. Your word, you know this one pretty much by heart, is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. So God's word is our guiding light. Jesus is our guiding light for living. That's why we call ourselves Christ followers. We're following the light. Jesus is the light of the world. In midst of massive darkness. So the Bible speaks to us today just as it did in that generation. It's powerful. It's living. Its principles never change. They're always relevant. Now, one more place I want you to go. Look at Proverbs 6.23. Scoot to Proverbs 6.23. For these commands are a lamp. This teaching is a light. And the corrections of discipline are the way to life. You see, understand that when the word of God comes forth, these commands, they're a light for us. And sometimes it's not just the teaching, as 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 and 17 say, 
But it is correction. We all need correction. We need a little discipline. God disciplines us with love as we're supposed to discipline people in the church and, of course, our own children with love. So these commands are a lamp. They're a lamp to us. It's healthy to us. It shows us how to live. Now, all through the Bible, especially Jesus, he loved to use common things. He loved to relate to the people. And, of course, on that day, with that candelabra lit up as light, you can picture that, and Jesus is in the court of the women, and he's standing there saying, I'm the light of the world. Well, you can see who's going to get nervous, can't you? And we don't have time tonight, but the rest of chapter 8, the next 20 verses or so, it goes amazing that the Jewish people say, what are you, can't be, you can't be, the, what are you, you saying you're God? You know, where's your proof of that? Where's your other person that's going to verify that? And it's a very interesting study. We'll do it at another time. But Jesus would call himself bread and light and water. And he used these physical things to speak to us spiritually. Jesus gave us the revelation of God when he tells us he's bread. He's water. He's life. Go back, if you will, to John 8, 12. And thus, this light was a very important symbol In the Feast of Tabernacles. So here, Jesus is in the temple, in the part known as the treasury. We see that later. Where the offerings were collected and huge torches or lamps burned to symbolize one thing. The pillar of fire that led the people of Israel throughout the wilderness. Isn't it amazing how God put these things? Now, why did he do that? Memory. Memory is huge. Why did Jesus give us communion? Remember me. It's to remember what he did. So this celebration was a remembrance of how those people got there. They got there because of God's protection, his provision, his guidance. So that's that celebration. So Jesus now takes his symbol and he does something these people have never heard before. He says, I am the light. I'm the light of the Jewish people? No. I'm the light of what? The world. Aren't you glad he's the light of the world? Now, here's two things that we're going to talk about. Write this down next. Jesus, the light, two main things, more than these, but here's the two that we're going to talk about. Light exposes sin and then gives sight. Let's take the first one. The light of the world, Jesus, exposes sin. Light always exposes. Now, you're right there in John. Go back to verse 1. We don't know whether this is part of the sequence. Many commentators believe this sequence in 8.12 goes back to chapter 7, verse 52. Other people believe that this 8.1 was in this right place. It doesn't really matter where it is. We all know that it was a true story. But the first thing that light does, it exposes sin. We're not going to take a long time to go through this, but I want you to watch it as I go through it because I think it'll be important to you. But Jesus went, verse 1, to the Mount of Olives, and at dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to do what? To teach them. And the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. In fact, one of the other translations will 
dress this the same way. Look how it explains itself. And they made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What do you say? Now watch what he's going to expose in a moment. God gives him a picture of the hearts of these men. Look at this. They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. Now that's been debated since Jesus did it. When we get to heaven, we'll find out what he wrote. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Now, who was he talking to? The teachers of the law and who? The Pharisees. The righteous religious leaders who basically said, be like me, we're perfect. We keep the law, we have no sin. So what does Jesus say to them? If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to walk away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman standing there. Now, what was Jesus doing as the light of the world? I already told you. What was he doing? Tell me. Come on. He was what? Exposing what? Sin. Now, why did he do it publicly? Because what had the people done to the woman? Stood her right in front of them. Jesus says, okay, you want to do that way? Watch this. So publicly. Now, if you were a Pharisee, very proud Pharisee, and you walked away, how'd you feel when you walked away? Found out. Not as righteous as you think you are. See, God hates pride. And one of the dangers when we read the story is, go God, go God, go Jesus. If you and I were in the crowd, would we be in the crowd long? No, we'd have dropped a stone and left as well, wouldn't we? Why would the stones have dropped? Because the light of the world exposes sin. You say, well, that isn't right, is it? Well, sure it is. He who says he has no sin makes God a A liar. Now, God forgives us of our sin. Even though we're Christians, we still sin. Omission, commission. Thought, word, deed. Amen? But we're not condemned because the blood of Christ continues to forgive us of our sin. So Jesus does this. And then the woman is left standing there. So he exposes sin. Did he need to expose the sin of the woman? No. In the very act. Her lifestyle. Of course, there's no man there. How long it takes two to tangle? So it is a setup. This man was just as guilty, if not more. So what happens? The woman is still standing there. Jesus straightened up, look at verse 10, and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? You know, we have to be careful as a church. We're a hospital. Did you know that? We love to have sinners here so they can change. 
Anybody's welcome in our campuses. So they can change. And watch what Jesus says. No one, sir, she said, thinking I should be dead by now, being stoned. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus said. Now some of you are going to say, well, man, Jesus is really light on sin. You can just do whatever you want. You mean you can be a prostitute and it's okay? No, finish his statement. There was no condemnation. There was a what? A solution. There was a picture of grace. There's that combination of the law and grace. So what does he say to her? Always remember this. Go and sin what? Now, did that mean she would never sin again? No, what he's meaning is leave this lifestyle that you've been practicing. Don't go back to that lifestyle again. So there's that whole thing. Alcoholics, drug, adultery, fornication, homosexuality, lesbian. Leave the lifestyle. He would have never told her to leave it if she couldn't leave it. And she was freed. See, you and I will never be able to be healed and delivered unless we admit we need the light. A lot of people don't want to admit they need the light. And they continue to walk in darkness. So there's a great picture of Jesus doing what? Exposing the evil hearts of the religious leaders who wanted to stone that woman. And Jesus just says to the woman, okay, you're free. Which had to be an amazing shock to her. Go and sin no more. Second thing, in a summary, the light of the world gives sight. Let's look at John chapter 9. Quickly, we'll go through this. John chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. Right in this section, we get both of these pictures. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents? That he was born blind. Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Now as long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming. When no one can work. While I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva... Put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him. Wash in the pool of shalom. That means sent. Interesting, sent out. So the man went and washed and came home seen. You see, the light of the world not only exposes sin, but it gives sight. It gives insight. It gives truth. It gives healing. So this man, we noticed, was born blind at birth. He was a beggar. A common belief in those days, the reason this question was it the man or the parents, a common belief was if you were sick, it was caused by sin. Now we know that some sickness comes from people who have not gotten rid of their sin. But many other times, that's not true. Sickness comes to us just because the sin nature in the world But in these days, they just believed that all sickness basically came as a result of sin. So thus, sins committed by this baby could have come in the womb or by the parents, you know, whatever. Notice Jesus said, no, 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 neither one. He gives us insight. He shed light actually on the subject. You're wrong. Then the light of the world shined one thing into this man, hope. Then Jesus says this, 
I'm going to work now because there's a day coming when I can't work anymore. I'm going to change people. I'm going to shine now because there's a day coming when I won't be the light of the world anymore. And then he went to heaven. That's an important thing about the use of my time and your time. I'm only here for a certain period of time. And I want to shine while I'm here. That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is basically just saying, use your time while you can. There's a day coming. You won't be here and you'll be gone. Use your time now. And that's what Jesus said he's doing. Now, he mixed clay with saliva. Common practice as well in those days. Didn't get a little ointment of neosporin eye drops. You had to mix clay and spin on it. Mm -hmm. We were like, what? (laughs) I'm worse off now than I was before. Then God says to him, go and wash it off. Why? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Who in the world would think of going washing off mud in water? Why in the world would that do anything? But he gives this man an opportunity to exercise his faith. He does. He's healed. So Jesus, the light of the world, gives sight. So the man washed, and he came home seeing. Now let's go back to John 8, 12. I am the light of the world. This is the second of seven I am's that the Jewish people could apply in their life and easy for us to apply as well. All of these in John's gospel. Now, John, he always had this amazing fascination between light and life. He would connect light and life together. You'll see him do that often. Keep your finger, we'll be right back. Just turn to John chapter 1 and you'll see it. John knew this personally, of course, because he walked with the light. He followed the light. And he had new life because of Jesus. John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, speaking of Jesus, and the Word was with God, speaking again about the Trinity, and the Word was God. Again, very big difference between lots of false religions in our world today that will not say that Jesus is God. Jehovah Witnesses, the Mormons, they do not believe that Jesus is God. No, he is God. Right there it is. Plain, simple. He's God. He was with God in the beginning. So he's not a created being. He was always there. Through him were all things made. We didn't come by evolution. You didn't come from some animal at some point. Or two amoebas getting together and having a great time way back in the beginning of the Big Bang. (laughs) Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that was made. That pretty well clarifies it, doesn't it? In him, here's the big one. Circle it in your Bible. In him was life. You can't have life without Jesus Christ spiritually. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark talked about the parallels between the Israelites leaving Egypt for the promised land and the Christ follower making their way to heaven. You learned how the promises that God made to the Hebrews to take care of them apply to you now. You also heard how Jesus treated the adulterous woman as well as her accusers. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. 
you'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will conclude this message, I am the light of the world. You'll hear the ending of Jesus' interaction with the woman caught in adultery and her accusers. Pastor Mark will talk about how Jesus healed the blind man, as well as Jesus' discussion with his disciples about sin. You'll learn more about the purposes and uses of light, both physical and spiritual. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a herd